Made on Zencaster. All right, guys, let's take a quick minute to thank our sponsors over at Anchor.fm. These guys are great. They helped me start my podcast. It's completely free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, right in the browser. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, in so many more places. They also help you make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It's what I use to get this podcast started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome back to the Inquisitive Project. My name is Dylan the next video. Today's topic has been one of personal interest for me, as well as, how do I put this? There's so, there's so much bad advice about today's topic. So that's why I thought we should spend some time on it, because you guys know me. What I want to do is provide a deeper thinking perspective on everything. And then hopefully we can, you know, drive out some inspiration, find some inspiration within those, that deeper thinking, and then apply it to our lives so that we can have a better story no matter where you are. That, that's the goal for me. I want to inspire people. And it's hard to be inspired when you don't have a good understanding of finances. And with this whole state of the world today, you can research anything on the internet and find so much stuff. It's just, it's almost ridiculous. So I thought maybe I could provide a video, add, add more information out on the internet for everyone regarding the FICO score. You, a lot of us have probably heard of the FICO score. I first heard about it when I was, uh, I think I was a senior in high school. I didn't even know that there was such a thing as a credit score until my economics teacher told us that we needed to get a credit card. Um, she probably wasn't legally allowed to tell us or give us that advice, but you know, it is what it is. So that got me thinking, how many people have been told that they need to have a credit score to operate in today's economy? Whether you like it or not, you operate in the economy. If you have a job, if you want to buy a house, if you buy anything, Anytime you make it is a decision, really, you've made an economic decision. So, do you need a credit score to operate in today's economy? To operate well in today's economy? Will not having a f- credit score hold you back? Will having a bad credit score hold you back? Will having a gr- good credit score be a good thing? 
So the question really comes down to, is the FICO score a friend or a foe? Is it good for you or is it bad for you? Now, a lot of this could be subjective. It's not very objective in nature, depending on your situation, possibly. But today, I hope to bring some information that enlightens you, or maybe it, you know, sparks something in you to do a little more digging. Because if you are like me, maybe you were told in high school that you needed to get a credit score, and that was just kind of in the back of your mind. And then if you're like me, you start working at a bank, and you see about, I don't know, 8 to 12 credit scores a day. You have to, sometimes you have to pull credit for people. Knowing what these things are is vital. Because anytime lending debt is involved, a credit score is right there. So if you want to do anything, buy a house with a mortgage, buy a car with a loan, get a credit card, anything like that, you need to know before you do any of those things, you need to know what the credit score is and how it actually affects you. So with that, let, let's go ahead and go over what is a FICO score. FICO stands for Fair Isaac Corporation, which was originally a data analytics company that provided uh, credit reporting as a service to lenders. Now, it started off pretty small, but it got pretty big as more and more lenders got involved because it this tells lenders your relationship to debt. Now, there are three main agencies that lenders report to, report your debt to. Those are Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. Some lenders report to all three, some only one, some two. They, they kind of just get to choose to. And when you sign the loan documents, they get to. Reporting agencies take the data that lenders give to you and they put it into a formula and they spit out a number that's on a scale. And the scale is typically between 200 and 900. Most people will tell you that it's between 400 and 900 or 400 and 850. But I have seen, working at a bank, a credit score as low as 257. And I have seen a credit score as high as 872. I believe the actual scale is between 0 and 1,000. But it's based on the algorithm. It's very difficult to get it below 200, like pretty much impossible, because I think you get something for just living. Um, and then 
it's impossible to have perfect debt because something that hurts you is having debt, but you can't have a score if you don't have debt. So you're, by getting into it, you're automatically working against you. So how does the formula, formula actually work? So it's, ba it, it, it's different percentages based on, um, well, let's just look at this. So you have 35% of the score is based on your on-time payments. This means that you took out debt, and then you're paying it back on time, as agreed upon. So if you miss a payment, it could have a pretty big impact, because that's 35% of your score. If you're consistently on time, always, for three whole months, it won't still won't have a big impact because you haven't had it long enough. Really, you need to I think like five years is what they really look for in order for that to have a good impact. And I'm using air quotes there. Good impact. The next biggest category is capacity used at 30%. This would be a credit card. So effectively, this is, say you apply for a credit card and they give you a $1,000 limit and you run it up all the way to 1000 Your capacity used is 100%. And this is bad for your credit. But if you don't use any of it, that's also bad for your credit because you haven't used any of it. You want to be typically between 20, 15, excuse me, 15 to 30%, they say, is the ideal place to be in order for that to have the maximum impact of improving your score. I say baloney, but anyway. Next at 15% of your is your length of credit history. If you get a loan, a huge loan, and then you make one payment for a month, great. But if you pay off that loan immediately, and you only have your loan for two months or whatever, that's not a very long time to have your credit. So that counts against you going into debt to improve your credit score, and then paying it off counts against you. So you have to keep the debt. You have to pay the interest in order to keep the debt as well. But don't worry, it'll improve your credit score. Next at 10% is types of credit used. So in order to improve your credit, they want you to use different types. A mortgage to buy a house. A car loan to buy a car. A credit card, a revolving credit, which would be well, also go against your capacity used. Those are the three main types. A mortgage secured by real estate, a car loan uh, secured by an asset that is depreciating, and then a revolving unsecured credit, which is a credit card. They want you to use all three types. I mean, I guess there's more types because technically you can do a lot of credit on your house and then I'm sure you can do something or other at other points in time. I'm not too... Yeah. Anyway, 
types of credit because they want you to use multiple types of credit in order to improve your credit score. And the last one at 10% is your past credit applications. Now, this is actually very important. Um, and this is why I, how do I put this? I enjoy that FICO has this because if someone is trying to commit fraud, it is likely that they will go to three or four different banks and apply for a credit card or some sort of loan all in the same day. Now with technology these days, thankfully a bank can pretty much tell immediately whether or not you've applied. Now without that, fraud would be much more prevalent. We'll put it that way. Because it would be a lot easier to hide credit from other institutions. Either way, it affects your score 10%. So if you apply for too many loans, it hurts your credit. If you don't apply for loans, it's great for your credit, but then you also aren't getting new credit, so that's bad for it at the same time. It's a very interesting algorithm. So I'm looking at this list of things that are included, on-time payments, capacity of credit, length of credit, types of credit, past credit. So the question becomes, what isn't included in a credit score? Well, first you have your cash position, aka money in the bank. Now let's go let's go back to inspiration and writing a better story. Is it better to have fifty thousand dollars in the bank so that you could bless someone with forty five thousand of it, or have x x amount of that, or would it be better to have a good credit score with a fifty thousand dollar credit limit? and bless someone with $45,000 of it. Hmm. I think it's obvious that it's a better, a better place to be in to have the cash and not worry about the credit. Because if, granted, you're changing that one person's life, and that's amazing, by giving them $45,000. That'd be great. But then what happens next week, or next month, excuse me? Well, if you put it, if you paid for it with cash, you have $45,000 less. You gotta work hard and save that money back up. Okay. But if you ran that up on credit, the next month you either A, have to pay it back, but you can't because you only have $5,000 left, or B, you just have to start making monthly payments, but then you're paying interest. Who do you think is going to be able to pour out the next blessing sooner? The person who put it on a credit card or the person who had the cash? Hmm. Now, it might seem like an extreme position to take, but if you're constantly running credit cards, you're in using car loans and mortgages and everything to run your life constantly, your paycheck is decreased. Because a certain percentage of that is automatically going to interest. And that's money that you've lost to bless others. You can no longer bless others with that money because it's gone to credit. And a lot of people run their life, their life constantly revolving the credit card. 
So that's one thing that isn't included in the credit score. The next thing is your assets. Now, a lot of people use the credit score as a way to say that they can get a loan. But what they forget is that it doesn't talk about their assets. So you might have a great credit score, but have absolutely no assets to your name. Now, I'm not a person who says, yes, you need to build your assets and build your wealth so that you can retire wealthy and, and then you don't have to worry about anything and you don't have to work anymore. No, 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 no. That's not what this is about. Having assets. The car is an asset. Not if there's a loan on it. Then it's not an asset. It's a liability. Having a house is an asset. Unless there's a loan on it. Then it's a liability. Owning these things and not making payments on them means that you get to bless others. But this doesn't reflect that. Not at all. The next thing is your finan actual financial position a.k.a. net worth. This, to me, is uh, your net worth is a representation of how good of a steward you are with the money that God has given you. Now, if you looked at my, me and my wife's uh, actual financial position, it would look terrible because we're getting out of debt, paying off student loans, paying off consumer debt. But man... Let me tell you, when we are debt-free, we'll, we'll go back into debt for a mortgage, but that makes sense, and I'll explain that. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and explain that now. A mortgage makes sense to purchase a home because the asset that you're purchasing with the loan is one that increases in value. That means that when you pay off the loan, that home is yours. And when you sell it, you will most likely have made money, more money on the home value than you paid in interest, meaning that it was a net gain. There is no way to buy a car that drops like a rock in value and come out with a positive net gain. Even these people who buy these junky cars and then fix them up because they spend way too much money in man hours and labor and parts plus the loan interest. It doesn't work out. So we will be getting, we will be getting a home mortgage. But again, that's because it only increases our ability to bless others in the future. If a house was a negative asset, like a car, we would not be using it. We would not be using debt to buy it. The credit score does not assess your actual financial position. The next thing that it does not include is your income. Now, this is important because I know so many people who are worried, 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 worried about their credit score. But let me tell you something right now. Your credit score does not mean anything if you do not have an, a good income. 
If you don't have a good income, you can't repay the loan, so you'll likely get denied the loan anyway, regardless of your credit score. It could be a, it could be a perfect 900. But if you don't have income, they'll, ver they'll verify your income. And if you don't have income, then you get denied the loan and you're screwed anyway. And if you don't have debt and you don't have income, no worries. Plus, when you get income, it doesn't go to interest. It goes to bless others and take care of yourself first in your own household. So what's the point? What, what's the point of all this? What's the point of a FICO score if it revolves around credit? Okay, but it doesn't include your cash and your assets. The, FICO, the point of a FICO score is to inform a potential lender of your relationship to debt. Not money, not financial management, not your budgeting ability, but your relationship to debt. In fact, if you looked at my credit score right now, because I've had consumer debt in the past, I would look amazing. I have a eight, oh, my, I believe last time I checked, I my credit score was 824. That is amazing. I do check my credit periodically because it helps me prevent identity theft. If there's a, a new loan out, I know that it wasn't me. And I know that someone else has my, my tax ID number, my social security number. But guess what? I was the wrong person to be lending money to, let me tell you. I had no assets. I was terrible at budgeting. I scraped by every month. It was exhausting keeping up with all, all of that. But hey, according to my credit score, I was doing great. How about that? Credit score informs a potential lender of your relationship to debt. The other thing to re remember is that a credit score can prevent you from getting a loan. It's rare, but if you have a sub 500 credit score, some banks will automatically deny you. They can use that in their approval matrix legally because it's a non-discriminating factor. They, can autom they are allowed to automatically deny you from getting a loan if you have a bad credit score. Having no credit score cannot prevent you from getting a loan automatically. What would prevent you from getting the loan is if you have no income, if you don't have any good assets, if your income fluctuates, if you don't pass other underwriting criteria. In fact, let me spend some time on underwriting criteria here because I think it's very important. Um, and it also goes in, into my last point here. A credit score cannot guarantee a loan. It does not mean ever that you will get a loan. I can't tell you how many times I've had a conversation with someone that, and they say, oh, I'll be fine. I got an 840 credit score. I got a 750 credit score. I, I'll get the loan. No, that's not how it works. And I, I've worked in uh, business development. 
I worked as a as a business banking specialist, but I worked directly with a lending officer and I collected financials and I saw the underwriting and I saw everything. I understand the underwriting process through and through. If you do not have a credit score, they will do what's called the lending institution, bank, credit union, any lender, will do what's called manual underwriting. They will verify your income. They'll verify your previous year's tax returns to make sure that your income is consistent. They'll verify your assets, including your cars. They'll verify, they'll talk to your employer to make sure that you've been employed. They'll do everything to ensure that you have the ability to repay the loan that you for which you are applying. Hopefully that's only a mortgage. However, on the flip side, you can have a great credit score, 850, 860, whatever. The primary deciding factor on a loan is your debt servicing ratio combined with your total cash available. So one by one. Debt servicing ratio is the how many times you can afford to pay your monthly debt debt payments, how many times you could do that in a month. So if you make a thousand dollars a month and your debt payment is two hundred and fifty dollars a month, then you would have a debt servicing ratio of four. Meaning you could pay it four times 250, 250, 250, 250, 250 equals one thousand. You could pay it four times in a month. That is a very, very high debt servicing ratio. This would be, this would matter if you were, for example, uh, if you already had a mortgage for your primary residence and you were looking to buy a second home, maybe a vacation property, maybe an investment property as a rental. I don't advise doing that, but if you're going to, you're going to add your new loan amount, monthly loan amount to your current debt servicing ratio and do the math that way. So the lowest of their, every lender is going to have different matrix matrixes, but you never want to be below two. Two is the worst place to be because that means that half of your monthly income is going to debt. That's not a good place to be in. And here's why. If you break your leg and can't work. You get in a car accident and can't work. If something prevents you from getting to work, regardless of what you do, regardless of unemployment, all that, that stuff takes time to get. If you, for some reason, become incapacitated and cannot pay your bills, you get behind and it's a never ending cycle of catch up, playing catch up all the time. It's terrible. And, and it's just a headache to get out of. The net, the other factor that I said is total cash available. This is your cash available as a, in, a percentage of your income after your bills are paid. So they typically, a bank lending institution will typically, I believe it's industry average around 15% is what they want to see. That means after your debt is paid, your mortgage, all that, 
your insurance, homeowner's insurance, your car insurance, your car payments, your any, any other monthly bills, and they, they are allowed to qualify and check all of that. If you have a payday loan, if you have a furniture payment, if you, anything, they are allowed to assess that and put it into their matrix and see what your total cash available left at the end of the month is. If that is below 15%, A, you need to redo your budget, and B, that represents high risk to them. And you could have an 850 credit score, but if you go in there trying to apply for a loan, if you don't meet their underwriting criteria, you don't get it, period. So my point here is don't depend on the on FICO to help you in situations. Additionally, why are we so concerned as a society about our credit score to begin with? So I go back to the beginning question. Is FICO your friend or foe? You guys, stop being afraid of not having a credit score or having a bad one or potentially having a bad one. Oh, I need to I need to pay my debt first before I feed my children because my credit score can't go down because because then we'll never No, 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 no. Stop. Clearly, if you're in that position, clearly the debt isn't working to begin with. Constantly cycling over debt. If you're that worried about it, clearly it's gotten you into a position your lifestyle on credit has gotten you into a position where you are so dependent on that that you're not even living life anymore. You're just worried about FICO. And that's ridiculous. The next thing, stop depending on a good credit score. It really doesn't help you that much. In fact, at I, I tried to look this up. But if I were to guess, I would say that most credit scores influence a lending decision by less than 5%. It's mostly your ability to repay your income and your assets. Those are the main contributing factors to whether or not you are approved for a loan. Stop talking about your credit score. Still monitor your credit score. Because that'll help you prevent fraud. If someone has, has stolen your social security number, like I mentioned earlier, that is a very good thing to... I check mine weekly because I'm very concerned that someone might steal my, my identity and try to get some credit off of it. Now, all this credit score talk as I mentioned before, is it's all about loan, 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 loan. Loan, loan, loan. Credit, credit, credit. So my question is, why do you need a loan to begin with? Let's go back to the story. Your loan has interest. By nature, a loan has interest. You are robbing yourself of your ability to bless others if you depend on loans to make your purchases. The only one that's actually decent is a mortgage. And as I said earlier, that's because 
the asset that you're purchasing will increase in value in value greater than the interest paid on the loan. Period. Unless you stay in it for too short of a time, but that's you know, that's a different problem. That's not the loan problem. That's a you problem for not staying there long enough to earn your money back. But there's no way to purchase a new car on credit and then get more back later. It's impossible. So before you worry about your credit score, stop and think, why do you need the loan to begin with? Seriously, ask yourself that. Why do I need this? Imagine how much better your life would be if you could write a check for your next car. And then you don't have to worry about payments. And if you qualified for that $500 a month payment for your car, why don't you uh, use that money and, I don't know, donate it to a local charity? Wouldn't that feel so much better rather than paying $200 a month in interest? When when I was working at uh, the retail store, one of my coworkers was telling me about the truck that he was looking at. There's this new Chevy Silverado. This guy, how do I put this? He was unrealistic with his mentality towards vehicles. He wouldn't. He refused to buy used cars. He believed that's what poor people did, even though he was in his sixties and working at a retail store, a clothing store. Yeah, but that's what poor people do: is buy used cars. He was telling me that he found this truck that he wanted, brand new Chevy Silverado. He was going to get chrome and leather seats and, you know, put all the, he, he was going to get a seven year payment on it and the interest that he would have paid by the time the truck was paid off would have been twice the initial value of the truck. That purchase. So seven years later, say I don't know, say say the trip was thirty five thousand in two thousand and twenty, for example. In two thousand twenty seven, he would have paid seventy thousand dollars in interest. And by that point, I can't even think what the value of his truck would be. I mean, it loses what twenty five percent the second you drive it off the lot. You could go back and return it, and you already lost twenty twenty five percent. I am guessing it's worth twenty, fifteen thousand, depending on how much he drove it. Less than half, around half, the original value. Ooh, I cringe when I think of that. Additionally, from a spiritual standpoint, why do we spend so much time worried about our cars? And the stuff that we buy. Now I understand being a good steward of what God has given us. We need to take care of our things. But the purpose of taking care of our stuff is because it is a blessing from God. And paying over $100,000 for a $35,000 truck sounds more like a curse to me. So, FICO, friend or foe? It is most definitely a foe, my friends. Monitor your credit score to avoid identity fraud. 
but you can do so much better if you are in a good cash position. Do your budget, stick to your budget, be a month ahead on your bills. That's what me and my wife do. We never have to worry about the balance in our checking account, even though we're in so much debt. It is wonderful. It is so peaceful. And when someone says, hey, I need this favor, or someone's heart is breaking, we have the freedom to say, we can skip our extra debt payment and help that person out for this month. Because we don't have, we are not a slave to FICO or interest, but rather we can be a blessing to others. All right, that's all I have for that. Thank you everyone for watching.